1: Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad. A lot of people consider that the second greatest radio team in Minnesota history. Mackey and Judd. Behind (laughs) Joe and Pat. On 1500 ESPN.
2: We have a good bunch of guys. Um, You know, whether it's Kendricks or Thielen or Riley Reeve or whoever it is, we've got a good bunch of guys, a good bunch of fighters on this football team. And, um, you know, uh, I think think maybe they believe now. Doesn't matter how. It... uh matters how many
3: and you know we got a we got a good football team that fought today I think it was a good really, really good team win um, you know converting in the red zone for you know for touchdowns I think is huge our defense holding them to field goals um, you know it was a great uh, great team win all right Vikings and Panthers this Sunday Vikings vent line on this very radio station right after the final whistle blows and I want to tell you why the Vikings are going to beat the Panthers on Sunday mostly because of a dominant defensive performance All right? Okay. It's because, well, two reasons. Number one, the Panthers have perhaps the most overrated starting quarterback in the recent history of the NFL, Cameron James Newton.
0: The 2015 MVP of the National Football League is the guy
3: you're talking about. Yep, and he wasn't then because there were better quarterbacks then. It just so happens that he had a good season on a good team. I don't Mm -hmm. know if his middle name is James. I just made that up, but it sounds right. Um, He's a glorified Wildcat player with... A fairly big arm and a and a really unimpressive resume going back to two thousand eleven. Let's start with <coughs> excuse me. Let me cough. Sorry. Let's start with his two games against Mike Zimmer defenses. Two thousand fourteen and last year. So this is just part one. Mike Zimmer owns Cam Newton.
4: Uh-huh. Cameron Jarrell Newton, by the way. I was close. It's
3: Cameron J. You
0: said James? Okay. I was close. Like Jarell. Cameron J. Newton. a good solid middle name.
3: 2014 against a Mike Zimmer Vikings defense, Cam Newton went 18 for 35, so like 50% completions, a buck 94, a touchdown, a pick, was sacked four times in that game, and the Vikings smoked the Panthers. He rushed nine times for 49 yards because, you know, he's a a glorified Wildcat. That's what he is. Hmm. Uh, 21 of 35 last year for 262, but no touchdowns, three interceptions, and eight sacks in that game for Cam Newton. Seven rushes, 26 yards. In fact, if you stretch this out going back to 2011, just the tail of the tape for Cam Newton, I would bring to you that there is no measurement, other than maybe fashion, that would suggest Cam Newton's above average. Passer rating since entering the NFL, 2011, among quarterbacks with at least 10 starts. He's 33rd. Behind Matt Moore, Jay Cutler, Teddy Bridgewater, Josh McCown, Nick Foles, RG3... Mm -hmm. Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor, Jared Goff, how about the guys who are just below Cam Newton on that passer rating list going back to 2011? Matt Schaub, Kyle Orton, and Brian Hoyer. So as a passer, that's the group he's in with. And the only thing separating him from Matt Schaub and Kyle Orton and Brian Hoyer is the fact that, well, Cam can run a little bit. He's going to get you like 500 yards rushing in a few touchdowns during the season. Absolutely, yes, he can. How, How about completion percentage? He's 51st in the NFL among those quarterbacks who started 10 or more times since he entered the league behind Matt Castle, Brock Osweiler, Blake Bortles, Christian Ponder, Zach Mettenberger, Mike Glennon, and Tavares Jackson. And I could keep going three playoff appearances in six seasons, mostly with really good defenses and that one pop-up year. Sure. He deserves credit. He played really well two years ago, but by and large, he's one of the worst passing quarterbacks in the league. Far below average. And the only thing that would bring him closer to average is the ability to run around and get five or six hundred yards in the season. Which he can use. Sure. That's fine. You get some credit for that. Yes. But I, I just I I mean, I don't even think there's a debate. There's nothing that says he's living up to his hype and potential as the number one overall pick. And Mike Zimmer owns him. And we'll probably do so on Sunday as well. Yeah, I think
0: our original uh, debate about this, which probably goes back now, what, at least six months or so? It, that was quite a, a while it ago. It was a two-on-one vicious, heinous, yes, heinous attack by you and Matthew Matthew attack. I think And that, you won't admit that you were wrong. No, hold on a second. I think that that goes back to the fact that that we were throwing out just quarterbacks. And this league, listen, this league has a few really good ones, but it's also starved for them. So my point, w- my point was at the time, I wouldn't just dismiss Cam... Because of the fact that statistically the completion percentage is not that good. There are some elements to his game that intrigue me. Now, like, like the fact that he can run. The okay. fact the fact that he can the fact that he can bring things to the table that some quarterbacks simply can't. I'm, I mean, not, Jer- I'm not lumping I'm not limp. I'm not lumping him with the best quarterbacks. What I'm telling you is I don't dismiss him completely because he has some abilities that make him a commodity. Now, where he has lost me totally since then, though, is this, his actions. Because this also goes back to a conversation that we have had for a long time, and the question is always, what do you want in a quarterback? Are you looking for what? And I think where we both start is you're looking for a guy who can run the team, CEO of the team, a guy who a guy who can conduct himself in a manner of which you say, that guy gets it. And everything that Cam Newton has done since our debate, to me, has said he doesn't get it. He's insulted reporters needlessly, just stupid. He has walked away from from pressers. Now, if it was just the Super Bowl one, you know what? That's a tough day, tough circumstance. That's fine. I, I might not have liked it, but I get it. But it wasn't just that one. It's been press conferences since then. Everything that he has done as far as what does this guy bring me screams of a guy who can't lead one bit. So, where I have, I don't know if it's come around to your way of thinking, but where he has really lost me is, would I want this guy to be the face of my franchise? Would I want this... Oh, God, no. Would I want to invest in this guy and say, I trust you because you get it? My answer is absolutely not. It doesn't mean that I'm dismissing him. And yes, he is is in a league that's starved for players at this position. I think he's definitely playable. I'm not trying to say he's not. But there are a lot of boxes where I say to myself, he doesn't come close to checking them.
3: Uh six five one, six four, six, eight two five, five, eight, seven, seven, six, one, five, fifteen hundred. I, I just I also think this Vikings defense, you're not gonna beat it by being an inaccurate, sporadic passer and just running like you're not gonna you're not gonna it's not gonna be Colin Kaepernick against the Packers in the playoffs where they have a mediocre defense and you're just gonna run for 180 yards. I mean, you're just you're going to have to do more than just well. I'm going to tuck and run it against this Vikings defense, and Cam Newton isn't largely isn't capable of doing
0: that. So Mike Zimmer is an expert at this. He will watch tape and he will deduce what will make the quarterback miserable all day. He's done it to really good ones, Yeah, even precision passing yes. quarterbacks. But I mean, but this gets back to, to our conversation where the Vikings just don't have this scheme. It's not like okay, if we can figure out the Tampa two, we can beat this defense. This is. Game by game, he is going to basically say, what is going to make you so uncomfortable that I get you to start almost quitting? Mm-hmm. And Cam Newton will give up.
3: six five one six four six eight two five five. Paul, you're on the show. Well, I I was calling in to correct Phil on something, but maybe I'm the one that
4: needs correcting here. I thought that debate, well, you said it was six months ago? I think so. I, I thought Judd was the one that railed on Cam, and Phil, you railed on Judd. For railing on Cam. No. Oh, you that backwards? No. I was, you have totally Paul, backwards. I was
3: heinously tag-teamed by Judd and Matthew Collar, oh,
0: we all felt who so bad laughed at
3: me and demeaned me, and I'm still scarred to this day.
4: Because <laughs> I, I called in, I told Dave, I go, now wait a minute, Phil ripped Judd for not picking Cam, no. and now he's putting him down, so I have that backwards,
0: huh? Yes. Yes. Yes, you must well, at definitely least you do, Paul. you know I was listening. There. Well, we appreciate. that. <laughs> at least that. with one I, I ear.
4: Yeah, I didn't hear sort anything, of. but I listened anyway.
3: So. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Sorry. See ya. Bye, bye uh, Paul. That's, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, he is uh, Cam Newton in in a league where Case Keenum, largely inaccurate for five years, is pushing close to seventy percent completions now. Mm-hmm. And Cam Newton is still Cam Newton was fifty three percent completions last year. Mm-hmm. He's back up to sixty now, but. You know, oh, yeah, it's, just, it's awful last year. If you and I get it like he deserves credit for being able to run for, you know, his his rushing totals are they're 5 yards per carry and and that's it, but the only difference is between him and a wildcat player like a running back is that he can throw the ball down the field once in a while and you know, he might be able to throw a ball to to a streaking receiver 50 yards down the field. I mean, right. he's just if you're going to ask him to sit back there in the pocket and dissect the defense, it
0: ain't going to happen. No.
3: And that and is he'll a get huge frustrated. deal in today's NFL.
0: But but his off-the-field stuff drives me crazy. Because in, in today's league— his, his accuracy doesn't drive you crazy? Well, no, but the off-the-field stuff is was, to me, it's just too much. It's too much. I, I don't understand how a quarterback in, in this era still doesn't get it. Like, he brings on his own problems. You don't need to do that. You're, you're supposed to lead this team. You're supposed to be the guy that guys basically can rally around. And, and privately, in the locker room, if you want to go after guys, I think that's absolutely fine. But what I'm saying is, is since our debate, everything he's done off the field has just been dumb. I mean, it's just been, why are you even doing this? What's your point? Like, you're you're looked at, and listen... If you want to not talk very much and not say much and occasionally get a little bit upset, go for it. That's fine. But if you just look at the nonsense that he's been through, it's unnecessary.
3: Yeah, I just don't see... You know, now, it's and possible that the Vikings' offense could struggle and you know whatever, it's a road game. So I'm not saying the Vikings are guaranteed to win over. I'm just saying I, I see I, a really, really rough path.
0: Heard. You're guaranteed to win. That's what I heard. Sure, okay, Like they're going to
3: win. I'm going to pick them to win. So will I. So this isn't controversial. Uh, I just think <laughs> for Cam Newton... To dissect a Mike Zimmer defense, mm-hmm. you'd have to have five guys break their ankles and come out of the game. You'd have to, Harrison Smith would have to be knocked out of the game in the first quarter, and Xavier Rhodes and Linval Joseph would have to be like, you know, they'd have to come down with food poisoning before the game. It ain't gonna happen. It's it, just it's it's too nuanced and too good of a defense.
0: If Vent Line starts and you're and you're talking about a three game road trip in which you you want all three games though, think about that for a second. Yeah, it's already. To, I told the fact you that two you've already, to me. I would have been ecstatic.
3: Sure, the fact that you've already beat the Rams and then won these first yep. two road games, you're in a, a really good spot. 1500. Mackie and Judd talking overrated Cam Newton, talking Vikings quarterback cesspool challenge coming up, and uh, Mike gola Jr. in about an
1: hour.
2: Mackie and Judd now continue. I think all the pieces are there on 1500
1: ESPN.
4: We are less than a week away now from the 1500 ESPN Sports Fantasy Auction. It returns next Tuesday, the 12th, presented in part by Able Chiropractic and TCL. All day from 9 a.m. until 6, your chance to bid on great experiences with all the money raised benefiting Courage Kenny Rehabilitation Institute. Plenty to bid on, plenty to purchase, such as four tickets to a Wolves game in the TCL Theater Box with Mackie and Judd. That will include, by the way, a 65 inch TCL TV. That will be yours. Also, how about dinner with the Garage Logic crew and Greg Holcomb, plus a Greg Holcomb print of that very dinner? Head to the 1500ESPN.com website. Keyword courage to see everything up for auction.
3: You outlasted the bumper music. Bravo that is a on that short one. Short bumper, wow. Yeah, or a long Keep read. Keep it tight. No, it could be, could be uh, both. Uh, we're talking overrated Cam Newton here. We have our quarterback cesspool challenge picks to get to in just a little bit. But the Vikings play Cam Newton and Mike Zimmer defenses the last two times and the only two times uh, they've faced off against Cam have owned Cam. Four interceptions, just one touchdown over the two games and sacked 12 times with low completion percentages. Realistic Randy in Oakland. What's going on, man? What's up, Randy?
2: Hey, so Judd, I know over the last couple of weeks, I know that you said that if you could split these two road trip games against Atlanta and Carolina, that would be ideal for the Vikings. Mm -hmm. Um, With the Falcons, that was the team that I was very nervous about. I don't fear the Carolina Panthers at all. I think the Carolina Panthers are the biggest contender frauds in the NFC because of Cam Newton. Cam Newton reminds me of Dwight Howard or Carmelo Anthony of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Super talented, came into the league, but never worked on his game. He's still the same guy at Auburn as far as he can take off for the run, he can run a few linebackers over, but he's inaccurate as hell. When it comes to this Vikings team, I say practice containment on the defensive line. Don't over-pursue the pass rush and force Cam Newton to beat you with his arm, which he cannot do. I wouldn't mind throwing Harrison Smith you know, in the trenches as far as stopping a run when they try to get cute with uh, Christian McCaffrey or if Cam Newton tries to take off and leave Andrew Sandejo as a single high safety because I just don't trust Cam Newton. Practice containment, force Cam Newton to beat you with his arm, which he can't. And in the case yeah. of Everson Griffin, I say go for it because Matt Khalil's their left tackle. We know oh, what man. he's all about. <laughs> and then have Eric Kendricks or Anthony Barr shade that side just in case Everson Griffin over-pursues on that. So this, I am not worried about this at all. I have all the confidence in the world. That this Vikings team will be Cam Newton and the Panthers. Uh,
3: if you guys were uh, were the d- the defensive coaching staff for the Vikings, would you just have Everson Griffin practice against a turnstile all week just to make sure he's prepared for Sunday?
2: I mean, to be honest, I'd give him the week off. I would say you know, <laughs> leading up to the game, leading up to the game, don't even come to practice. Go out, enjoy yourself. Go have a few margaritas, just relax, and then come back and then go against Matt Khalil because. That's the effort that it's going to take to get past Matt Khalil. I mean, we, he was the one that said, oh, the offensive line coach, this is the first time he's demanded excellence. Well, I, mean, well, I don't think it's really showing for him. So, Yeah, how no, about if that? Matt Khalil is putting all, in all that effort to not be good and get that contract. Why should Everson, Everson Griffin in his sleep? We'll go past awaking Matt Khalil for a sack on Cam Newton.
0: Just be careful, though, because you you start t- to get too confident in a game like this. you got to tone it down just a little bit. You can't be. Th- this is the type of thing, because the Falcons game, you looked at and you said, that's a tough game. I agree with that. And so you win that game. You can't come back now and, and be like, it's going to be a cakewalk. So be, be careful, Randy.
2: Well, here's the thing. If this was like a Falcons team or a Saints team or even an Eagles team where they have an overall scheme that you should be worried about different facets of the team, I get that. But let's be real about this. The Carolina Panthers, they don't have a scheme. If you take this team and put them in the 80s NFL era, you won't notice the difference. They're like (laughs) Lonzo Ball. They're in the wrong era of football, a lot of read options and just grind it out wins. That whole team's offense is based on one guy. The only reason that the Carolina Panthers will ever do anything like we saw in that Super Bowl a couple years ago is that Cam Newton will just will his way to win. That's not going to work against this Minnesota Vikings defense. So I get what you're saying, Judd, as far as don't get too cocky and everything, Mm -hmm. but... This is the Carolina Panthers, where their whole they don't have a scheme. They just have Cam Newton, and they just ride the coattails of him.
3: It's a good phone call by uh, our guy, realistic Randy in Oakland. And what I was going to say is, I agree with you on the Falcons game and on some of the other games. That okay, like that Falcons game, maybe it wasn't the same Matt Ryan as last year, same offense. But that's a re- that was a really tough game going in. Yep, no game is easy on the road in the NFL. So even when you go play the Browns on a neutral site, you can look crappy in the first half. The Vikings should win this game. And, they, and, it, and it shouldn't take a grinded-out, crappy effort in the second half to do it. They're going to put Cam Newton to sleep. Cam Newton can't beat a Mike Zimmer defense. He can't. He's not good enough. He's not a good enough passer. So unless he breaks a bunch of tackles and runs for 80 yards, or they have a fluke kick-return touchdown... Mike Zimmer's defense will put Cam to sleep.
0: It should, as long as they, as long as they go into the game with that mentality. Though my point is this: I think, you think are, they're not going. What to? you can't. What, Let's go in and hey, not dominate. Hey, listen, listen, listen. They're people too, and they and they look at Matt Khalil and they look at the exact things that you're talking about, and it gets very, very easy to start to say, "Who we beat Detroit? That was tough. We beat the Falcons. That was tough. This is going to be simpler." What I'm saying is, you can't look at the game like that.
3: Well, the, I. I does anyone think that this team is is taking opponents I, lightly? From what you've seen so I'm far saying this year, it,
0: I'm saying it's human nature for the Vikings to potentially feel the way that we're talking. Teams want to say, "Well, we tune that stuff out." It's not true. Teams are very susceptible to the same thing that we think about, which is, "Boy, you got t- you got past two really tough road games, and now it gets simpler." If you give into that, it becomes dangerous. If you don't, you're fine. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Mike,
3: you're on the show.
2: Yeah, I had to laugh at uh, Randy's comments a minute ago about uh, that the only way the Panthers are ever going to achieve anything was if uh, Cam Newton's will takes them there. Apparently his will wasn't all the way there in the Super Bowl on that fumble and his subsequent (laughs) effort on that uh, uh, recovery because I've said this since day one of that play happening, that uh, 100% of what you need to know about Cam Newton was on that play right there. Yeah.
3: Didn't he even say after the game he didn't want to like get it. he didn't, want to, it was he Jeff didn't George. want to mix it up in there. Yeah. Same thing
0: that George did right,
3: right in man. St.
2: Louis
0: in the 99 playoff game.
2: Yeah, that's a good point, Mike. Yeah, his comments were nearly as embarrassing as his effort on that play. Yeah.
3: This in fact, this has put I think there's a better chance the Vikings absolutely embarrass the Panthers in this game than lose the game. I think if you're ranking, okay, if I get three options, a Vikings loss, a close Vikings win, or a Vikings embarrassment of Cam Newton and the Panthers, thus putting them basically out of the playoffs. I would rank close Vikings win number one. Your you know competitive game. Yeah, Vikings I, win number one. I agree with that. And then I would rank Vikings embarrass Panthers number two over Vikings lose this game. I feel that strongly about Cam Newton against a Mike Zimmer defense. Wow, you can, re, you can track mark this for
0: Monday I was gonna in say, case I'm wrong. Let's use this. And we'll play this Bell. on Monday if I'm wrong. Twenty to seventeen, Vikings lose. <laughs> Let's hear Mackie's comments from last Wednesday's show. Yeah. Yep. They've sacked him 12 times a, in the two meetings. I think it's going to be a closer game than we probably think right now, but I think that they the uh the Vikings do win. But I mean, still, I don't care who the three teams are. If you come off a three game trip perfect in this league, that is uh that's outstanding. So when they went in, I still if they lose this game, it's going to be disappointing. But I still don't think that you can look at a two and one three game trip and be upset about it. Yeah, at all. I
3: mean they're definitely they're staring at thirteen and three, even obviously with
0: a slip up. I mean if they and, win this game, Phil, they've got Cincinnati, what Cincinnati, Green Bay, Chicago left. Yeah, it, I, if if Rogers comes back, it wouldn't shock me if let's say they win the
3: next two games and then Rogers comes back as the Packers are still alive mathematically, it wouldn't shock me if a more desperate Packers team playing at home, it'll be a short week if. And Rogers looking for a bleep you game in revenge. It wouldn't shock me if they slipped up in that game. But it wouldn't it wouldn't I mean the only way it would be significant, I guess, is if it cost you Whole field. home field advantage, yep, which true. it could. I mean, you know, Philadelphia has another tough game this weekend against the Rams. You're mm-hmm. clearly rooting for the Rams in that game, mm-hmm. if you're a Vikings fan. And then I think Philadelphia has Dallas at least one more time. And Dallas is still they're still fighting and they got their left tackle back yeah. uh last week. So, you know, Philadelphia doesn't have it's not a walk and what, what you saw that slip up against Seattle it shows you, oh, that's not a that's not the f- like 14 and 2
0: caliber team that maybe they Absolutely. projected themselves as for the first two or three months. Yes. Yeah, they are I don't think that there is, is there a team in, in this conference right now that, that you think is is by far and away the best. I don't No, I think I mean, I think the Vikings are very good. E- Eagles are very good. But there's no there's no team that I would guarantee you right now among the competitive teams
3: is the best team. I think the Vikings are the measuring stick right now. But I think whoever winds up as the sixth seed, if it's Seattle or if it's Aaron Rodgers, Packers or whoever it is. yep. I think the sixth seed is capable of getting to the Super Bowl. Especially if it's the Seahawks. Yeah. Or even if it winds up being the Saints or the Falcons. Yeah, I, I mean they went to the Super Bowl last yeah, year. That's probably true. In the AFC you would never say that.
0: Well, no, because there's basically two teams. And there might be yeah. one and there might be one team.
3: Yep. Uh, all right, let's do our quarterback cesspool challenge picks for the week when we come back, celebrating the poor performances all across the NFL, Mackie and
1: Judd. Phil Mackie, Judd Zogad.
0: You guys are spoiled. You guys are lucky to have these guys.
1: Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. It's cesspool time, gentlemen.
3: We're getting down there to the end of the quarterback cesspool challenge season. We've got punishments racked up. Uh, We're gonna have to unload a bunch of them this week. So every week we do two things. We crown and celebrate the worst quarterback performances in the NFL, the best of the worst, if you will. And then we make our picks, try to predict the worst quarterback performances each week mm-hmm. you can only pick a quarterback one time all season so there's a lot of strategy involved here you can't just keep picking tom savage who actually yeah that didn't, uh, that didn't work Judd for me week. too
0: well last week thanks a lot
3: yeah. so we'll, we'll get to uh, we'll get to all that in a second but first let's celebrate the three worst quarterback performances based on e- espn's qbr starting with this guy
1: friends bring extra pressure that's picked up and that's huh. intercepted at the 40 yard line Tree is taking it the other way for a touchdown Los Angeles Rams.
3: Blaine Gabbert, if there was a Mount Rushmore of quarterback cesspool options, I guess, he'd be in the modern era, Blaine Gabbert would have to be in the mix, right? Such longevity for cesspool play,
0: too. Correct. Yeah. Such a great prospect at one time.
3: couple interceptions in that game against the Rams. His team loses 32-16. to uh, This next guy you wouldn't expect to be among the three worst quarterbacks from week to week, but he was.
1: That has been a hot receiver for Cousins. Goes that way through his hands and intercepted by Jeff Heath. So Heath comes up with the pick, and the Cowboys get the red zone turnover.
3: Kirk Cousins. With a couple interceptions on the road against Dallas in a 38 to 14 loss, I did not realize that until just now. A sneaky, sneaky bad. cesspool performance yeah. by Kirk Cousins. Dave,
4: at least one loss, fumble, two added in there. That hurts the guy's QBR.
3: And then uh, this guy, who I there's there's two or three guys on this team that could pretty much rotate depending on who starts.
1: Starting from the 25, Trevor Simeon's pass, and it's going to be intercepted. It's Xavier Howard touchdown.
3: King cesspool this week was Trevor Simeon in a 35 to nine loss at Miami, 19 of 41 and three interceptions was also sacked three times for 33 yards, yeah, but
0: he's still starting for him.
3: Good God. He's still starting
4: for John Elway and those Broncos. Elway is the best quarterback on that team, right? Oh, oh yeah, for it's, sure. It's right? not even if close. he put on the pads today. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent.
0: Bring back ponder. That's what I say. Bring back Christian Ponder because he he was on their sideline last year, right? I don't know about I think last they gave, year. I think they been gone for a couple years? I think they is gave him a really? tryout or a couple of years ago at least, yeah. He was a member of their roster. Hmm. Bring him back. Is it even at all, like, are,
3: are there ever any references on, on the uh, ESPN pregame shows that Sam Ponder hosts? Yeah. Have you ever noticed any, like, awkward t- tiptoeing around the Christian Ponder stuff? Or is he just so much of a four, just in the rearview mirror guy? You no, know, they don't even, I don't, I don't think, think he's... he's even, like... I think I they might don't talk about quarterback busts. Really, he's he no. was the fourth guy in that draft. So
0: no, I think I've heard him mentioned once or twice by by various guys on the panel, but yeah. it's never in detail, in depth about how how bad he was. Well, they can't, or Sam would get mad and block him on Twitter. That's true, or block them in person. You'd block him in studio. Cut the mic. <laughs> just you're they, done. You just sit there. Randy Moss not talking the entire
3: time. (laughs) So, Judd, uh, in terms of our picks from last week, Judd has lost back-to-back weeks now. Uh, You correctly thought that Tom Savage would have a would have a four interception performance. (laughs) Not my fault. And instead, Tom Savage went savage on the Titans. He threw for three hundred sixty-five yards. Tom Why? Savage went what? for
0: 365. Why are you doing this to me, Tom?
3: You have
0: you you've made very
3: sound picks, I, I would know. say, in the last four weeks. I know your last four weeks have been Tom Savage, Brett Hundley, Nathan Peterman, and CJ Beathard. You cashed in with Nathan Peterman. Oh yeah, but Beathard, Hundley, and Savage all had season best performances when you picked
0: them. Why? What's going? What did I ever do? I don't know, man. To deserve this.
3: In fact, the two best because we keep the QBR ratings for uh, all of our picks. Two of the three best performances on the year, and we're going for the worst performances. Right? Have been by Tom Savage and C.J. Bethard, who you've picked both yeah, times. C.J. Well Beathard.
0: C.J. Beathard, you're awful. Just be <laughs> awful. Do what you do.
3: So on the season here, uh, I've added up the totals for uh, for QBR. So far, I have picked the most bad quarterbacks. And then you and Dave are sort of neck and neck mm-hmm. for uh, for that second spot there. So this is a big week here, week 14. i
0: got to end my losing streak.
3: And you have a the first streak. overall pick Judd's will get, so uh, fire away.
0: Yes, and, and believe it or not, I have not taken this guy yet, so I'm going to do it now. I'll go to Arizona.
3: Blaine
4: Gabbert. You know what they say, if you don't have anything nice to say about something, then don't say anything at all. But we have to here with the cesspool challenge. Blaine Gabbert is an absolutely terrible NFL quarterback. He's made three appearances this year for the Cardinals. Five interceptions already in those three outings. Not very good. Look for at least a couple more this week as he leads that Cardinals attack. Once again, they will be at home taking on the Titans. Hope they hand it to AP or else you'll have another cesspool champion. All right,
3: man, you're uh. I'm worried he's going to go for 402 this week. Um, I think your process is right. The <laughs> results are going to come. The result you keep I'm, picking the CJ Bad and the Tom Savages. I'm the Sixers. Yep, results are going to come at some point. Thanks a lot, uh, Dave Hinkin. Harrigan has the number two pick in Week 14 here. Quarterback cesspool challenge. I do, and boy, this
4: is a really tough week. There's a lot of great options, but I just can't get this one out of my head. I don't even know if he's going to play. That's how excited I am about just the possibility. Of getting another look at Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman! (laughs) Will he or won't he? That is the question this week. Not will he or won't he be bad, but will he even play? We don't know yet what the quarterback situation is in Buffalo this week. Tyrod Taylor left for the Bruce Patella last week. Peterman had to take over. Will he play this week, however? We don't know, and that's the question, really. It's going out on a limb, taking Peterman, who last week threw for 50 yards in relief against the Patriots, and of course, back in November, five interceptions in the game he started against the Chargers. If he starts, he's a phenomenal pick. We're going out on a limb this week, but I like the guts.
3: You know what? I mean, it's... uh, Tyrod Taylor is questionable, and uh, we'll get practice injury reports out today. Mm -hmm. I like the gamble, though, because if Nathan Peterman plays, Mm -hmm. the guy is averaging 10 interceptions per game, if you were to prorate out the 5 he had in the first half. He did right by me. So I'm and he doesn't even fan. have to
4: start, right? He could just come in third
3: quarter. So here's the rule on yeah, this. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. If he doesn't play, Dave gets hit with a 75 QBR. Almost and we've only certain, had almost, almost certain loss. loss. Yeah, we've only bad. had three quarterbacks go above a 75 QBR this season. <laughs> and
4: Blaine Gabbert will this week
3: probably. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Judd picked him. Yep. So, uh, so, But if he gets in in the second, if Tyrod Taylor gets re-injured or something, and you get even a half of Nathan Peterman or a quarter of Nathan Peterman, you're going to be good. Like my chances. And then with the third overall pick in the Week 14 Quarterback Cesspool Challenge, I'm going to put my money where my mouth was the first half of this hour. Cam Newton against Mike Zimmer. Cam! newton perhaps you're surprised
4: cam newton making his first appearance in the quarterback cesspool challenge two years removed after an mvp season but listen you have to think about who's selecting him phil Mackey has despised cam newton for a while now perhaps there's reason perhaps there's not that's up for your own opinion but this week his panthers home but to a very difficult opponent the minnesota vikings defense coming in all they do is shut down quarterbacks We'll see what happens in this very interesting
3: cesspool matchup. So there it is. Cam Newton, Blaine Gabbert, and Nathan Peterman, the three picks for this week's quarterback cesspool challenge.
0: If Peterman plays, he wins, and he might not play. We have to hope, Phil, that Nathan (laughs) Peterman stays on the bench.
3: Uh, As far as punishments go, so we we? we have a backlog. All three of us are in line for a punishment, and Judd is in line for two punishments. Yes. And uh, I know there's been some controversy. You boasted on the airwaves about revolutionizing the morning updates. Yeah, and then I did. Backed out last week very selfishly. Uh, oh, I didn't you think care it was... more about your own wild columns than the radio show. But no, that's no, fine. no. I
0: care about my sleep the most. Now
3: that you have, that's also selfish.
0: Now that oh you, yeah, no, that is selfish. Now that you have two
3: punishments. Yeah,
0: I might be doing that. Yep. Yeah, I, I got to figure out. Well, one is: are, are we going to try and do one on Friday? Are, are we doing the uh, well, ideally? Yoga? Yeah one as well. We're, we have a yoga thing in the works here. Yeah, yeah that, I like that. I like the sound of that. I'll do that on Friday if you guys want. No one says you can't do updates Friday, too. Yeah, no, I'm considering the, the double dip to get them both done. What? No. I'm considering, considering the double dip. I'm considering the double say, dip, okay, I'm I'm the double do dip to get
4: them both done. There's no wild game on Thursday. They don't play
0: until Friday. I said I'm considering the double dip. <laughs> stop do not considering. Do not Jump be into be seen, the deep end. Do not be seen as a curmudgeonly type who the listeners are now going to turn on. I don't want that to happen to you. I want people to like you. <laughs> I don't want people to think you're picking on me and therefore call up and say, I hate Harrigan and we get the negative momentum against you. I hate to see that. Oh, people don't care nearly enough about me to actually. (laughs) Oh, that's not true. People don't like you. It's not fair Too, you're likable. I mean, you're not really likable, but you try. So no, you don't really try at all. I Just mean, show up early. I think 7, your own kid Friday. likes you. I'm not quite sure about. What that. time would Judd
3: have to show up? So let's let's dissect the sleep thing here. Okay. So you yeah, working,
0: that's a good question.
3: So you are you're making up excuses, and one of them is that you're af- you're afraid you'll be tired during the radio show. Yeah, I, I don't want to do be tired. morning updates. But, but you get here at seven o'clock every so morning. What time? The first update is at what six twenty?
0: Yes. Okay, so if, I, so if I roll in at six oh five, if I roll in at, like six fifteen or something, does that work?
4: Oh yeah, if you had if you have that first update prepped, roll it at six fifteen. Let's go.
0: Oh, there won't be prep as you know it. That's going to be now the issue with Thursday for Friday, and I can do this. Is the commentaries themselves and how I approach things is going to, to have to be done in, in a way because I don't think anybody plays on Thursday, but that could also could just provide me big picture exactly right. I could do wild canvas. I could do wild wolves go for basketball and Trump. Something like that.
4: Not only that, if you need any audio, (laughs) Judd. Yeah, do that.
0: (laughs) Sports update. This is Judd. I'm going to go off path here. Donald Trump. Yeah. If
4: you need any audio, I'd be happy to set that up for you because that's always a great way to kill like 20 of the 60 seconds when you don't really have much of anything. Just, you know, roll some Zimmer audio. It's great.
3: Yeah, I've heard it before. I'll think about it. God, look at you. Ridiculous.
1: Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad.
2: I tune in to hear the hysteria (laughs) and the insanity.
1: Mackey and Judd. Now We need to work on that. On 1500 ESPN.
3: Mr. Wilf needed a stadium, and he needed it now. The Metrodome would no longer do. The only question was, how?
1: You're a mean one, Mr. Wilf. You really are a hero. We've paid for your new home to replace our Metrodome, Mr. Wilf. You're a billionaire who's hoodwinked the state with the shady business deal. You're a scammer, Mr. Wilf. You've robbed the people blind. You say you're helping pay, but that's only in your mind, Mr. Wilf. You've tossed in a few bucks for TVs in the suites. Aren't you just so kind?
3: Uh, another classic off Songs by the Ulog Volume 1. Uh, the album cover for Volume 3 has been tweeted out. It's been sent out social media, 1500 ESPN, Mackie and Judd. So go check it out. And uh, hopefully Patrick Royce appreciates this album. It's great
0: cover. art. I love it. Agreed. I mean, expressionism? Oh, yeah. It's it's something. That might be it.
3: <laughs> uh, so this happened late last night in case he went to bed after a buzzkill for basketball loss.
0: The return feed was broken up. Now the other way, two-on-one. In the zone, Kopitar with Gabrick. To Gabrick. Score!
3: Off the draw in the slot. Shot. Score! Marion Gabrick right off the draw. And his 400th.
1: NHL
3: goal. Nearing the end of the second period, we we had three turnovers. I think uh, outside our line, or the one turnover, and they scored the goal to make it, you know, one to one. And uh, then we got the momentum back, and then we had three turnovers. I think that in the
0: last five minutes, and that gave them a little life going into the third. But when they put their push on, we just didn't do anything about it.
3: Yeah little 5-2 loss.
0: All right, so the Wild lose last night. We talked uh, in the opening segment about the fact that uh, they're up 2-1 in the third period, playing a decent game at that time. And Matt Dumba decides that he's going to be Bobby Orr, and he's going to pinch in, and he's going to make a great play, and ends up uh, 2-1-1. We played that goal. Kopitar feeding uh, Gabrick 2-2 at that point. So (laughs) I'd like to debut a new Wild segment from me. I'd like to call it Back in the Crosshairs. Because this guy has been out of the Zolgad crosshairs for quite some time. But it's about time he makes a return. Okay. So I would like to call on Miko Koivuda. Come on down. You're asking, well, what did Miko do? I mean, he's a really nice two-way player, and everybody loves him, and he's the captain of the team. And, Judd, why do you pick on Miko? Yeah, he is. Well, I haven't for quite some time, but I am going to now. All right. So this um, past fall... Miko Koivu was signed to a, hold on, I've got to put my cheaters on here. Two year, $11 million. I'm going
3: to eat tachos while you do this. Oh, I have this no problem great. with that. This is great. And it looks
0: really, really good. Yeah. Two year, $11 million contract extension that will, uh, that will now kick in at the beginning of next season. And I said to myself, I tweeted to myself, Judster, why do you suppose Miko Koivu was signed to a contract extension? You call yourself Judster, huh? At home, I say Judster. Why do you suppose Miko Koivu? Is it just Judster or the Judster? No, it's just Judster. Okay, it's just third checking. person, but not not that bad. I like the Judster a little bit better, actually. <laughs> well, you could call me the Judster, but I call myself Judster. <laughs> I'll just speak to Judd, actually, but that's fine. <laughs> so I'm wondering to myself Judster. Why do you think Miko Koivu got a contract extension when nobody on the face of the earth is threatening to sign this guy? And of course on Twitter I got the, the feedback, oh you don't know how valuable centers are. You don't understand. Now you're right in the fact that they are extremely valuable. When they're productive. Let me tell you what Miko Koivu has done, and, and and don't give me that he's playing defense crap. He's a top two center. He's got to provide points and he's got to provide yeah. some goals. You can't not score.
3: I'm not even a puck guy and I agree with that. Do
0: you care to do you care to hazard a guess out of the blue? About how long it's been since he's scored a goal, Phil Mackey? Or Dave Harrigan? Oh, or both I of
3: mean, you. I, I mean, he's a back month? in the crosshairs. Has he scored in a month? So.
4: Okay. I was going to say, when was the, the Zucker, uh, Zucker run? It had to be before that, right? It was, uh, yeah,
0: that, was, that prob- was probably two weeks ago. That was probably, Yeah, yeah. T- two and a half weeks ago. Yeah, probably three, four weeks. The last time Miko Koivu put DeBiscuit biscuit in the basket was October the twenty eighth. Oh my
4: God! It has
0: been eighteen games. He did not score a goal in November. He has yet to score. Hey, a snake bit though. I know. He's trying so hard. I realize we're in early December, he's but this, too focused on defense. Yeah, think of how many goals he stopped. I agree, why Dave. did you chuck? Why did you sign him to this contract extension? There was Face-offs. never. Good in the circle. He's like Honest Doug
3: Minkiewicz after Minkiewicz stopped hitting with the twins. I get mad at you <laughs> guys, <laughs> guys,
0: but I don't know what to say anymore. I mean, honestly, I, I why did you do this? Why did you say he hasn't scored in more than a month?
3: The Wild, you know what the Wild are? They they are. I'm trying to think of a like a, a sports parallel to this. They have so many players. Oh, he's a two way player. Oh, Charlie Coyle is a two. Mikhail Granlin's a Okay, but you still need to score yes.
0: goals. As,
3: Can someone as score her, a goal? As her might say. You
0: score to win the, the game. game. Yes, the object <laughs> is to score to win the hockey Meanwhile,
3: game. Meanwhile, Gaverick symbolically, is still sticking it to you mm-hmm. at age 70. Basically, they're like
4: one-and-a-half-way players, and the other half would be getting to the goal. They just can't quite yes. get that
3: far. I'm okay with with some Jason oh. Zucker's where you know he's going to sell out a little bit and he's he's not as much of a two way well, forward and yeah. he's going to score
0: and that's fine. If Dumba pinches in last night and he scores a goal, you're like, okay, I get that. But when you've got these guys and and their deal is this. Koivu and Stahl are their top two centers, and both are in their 30s. And what drives me nuts, though, is there really was no compelling reason to sign Miko to a contract extension. You've got salary cap problems. Let the contract run out. He's played his entire career here. If he really wants to continue playing here, sign him to a series of one-year contracts because eventually he's going to just go off the cliff. Instead, you sign him to a two-year contract extension that, just like the Pominville deal, doesn't kick in until the next season. So really, it's a three-year extension. Yeah,
3: they almost have too many. uh, Ben Wallace is the guy that comes to mind, that NBA, that center for the Pistons like 15 years ago when they won the championship, Yep. where he just, that guy, he didn't even shoot. Dennis Rodman, right? Yes. But you can't have like nine of those guys. The Wild has so many defensive-minded forward-type players that just aren't capable of scoring 25 or 30.
0: Let me also run this by both you guys. Do the wild, and their somewhat loyalty to people and retaining people. And we always like these guys. Remind you a little bit of the Twins in previous years, because it does to me. Like, you sign these guys Mm. to extensions, and you're like, well, there was no reason really to do that. But, yeah, but he's a good guy. He's good in the room. Okay, but there was still no compelling— If you're running a business, there's no reason. Loyalty only goes so far.
3: You know, I would say that the Twins were much, much more loyal in that for a long time, they didn't fire— you know, they let Ron Gardenhire go winless for a decade in the playoffs, and and they...
0: I'm saying does it remind you a little... Bit. I'm not saying it's there's, an exact parallel. I just atta- think it's very Twins-like.
3: There's a little attachment to a group of players that you that you thought was going to be better than they are. Yes, The group of players that you mentioned off the top of the show, that, that whole... They're all 25 years old now, or like between 23 and 26 years old. And you thought that group would be better than it is. And you thought at least one guy from that group would turn out to be the best player on the team. And I'm looking at my watch, and Mikhail Granlund's like five or six years into this thing, yep. and he's not the best
0: player on the team. And yet. as you said, at 25, you're getting old in hockey. You ain't young. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe goaltender, but 25 as a forward, that's you. Yeah, that's not that's not going to the switch is not going to be flipped to 28. I yep. mean,
3: that this is basically you. We got an email. Let me find this here. A good email off the top of the show because we Andrew Wiggins is the same thing at at, at some point. If a guy's played 300 or 400 games, I don't care if he's 23 or 20. He's still young. Well, yeah, relative to the rest of the world, he is still young. Yes. But in, in the sports world, at some point, you just have to call it for what it is. Yeah, Joe emailed in. Hey, guys, Mikhail Granlin and Andrew Wiggins are still young. So were the 90s Twins prospects, Willie Banks and Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the players just don't work out. It's the job of your management to determine if these guys will will figure it out or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not, sell 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 before everyone else figures out that those players are not equal to their reputation. Absolutely. Now I wouldn't put Granlin and Wiggins in the same sentence as Willie Banks and Pat Mahomes. Those were complete
0: no, busts. No, but his point of, his point about getting out before it's too late is a really valid point. Well, that's a good segue. Would the twins dare? Would the twins dare?